to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Patterson, and as always, I'm joined by Ethan Daffy. And of course, this week, we are previewing the Carlton v Brisbane game. Uh, round eight, Friday the 5th of May at 7.50pm. Make sure to get down to Marvel Stadium, because it's going to be a massive clash. Um, but first things first, Daffy boy, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, it's an exciting uh, clash always. I think with Brizzy, it's always, you know, when which Brizzy are you going to turn out? You know, sometimes they're really on their game or a little bit off, so... Um, I'm just hoping it's a kind of replay of that 2019 game where Cripper had 38 and four. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting game. Both teams uh, coming off pretty decent wins. So, uh, against both the Perth uh, opponents. So, no, I'm looking forward to it, mate. The Carlton respects game. Um, it's still quite a shame that we still have to be actually advertising and I guess trying to raise awareness for this every single year because it still does unfortunately happen, but. Of course, the objective for the campaign is to create a society of equality and respect in schools, communities and workplaces to prevent violence against women. So um, I think it's great how the club has done that. Um, of course, I started, I think, about four or five years ago. But um, I think it's great how they also involve the players where they, where they go out to the schools and the communities where, where they might need the um, education to kind of raise awareness for that cause because, unfortunately, it's still... Um, appearing in our society, in our modern society. So, Daffy Boy, what's your thoughts on that? Um, and of course, our uh, the, the games that we've played in this, we we are winless in this in this uh whole cause. But hopefully, more importantly, for this cause alone, um, we try and really raise awareness for it, but also for the game this week. Hopefully, we we can try and get a win and go from winless to maybe one win in this cause. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think, well, obviously, it's, I think it's our eighth, eighth game, and I think we're 0-7 in this game, but I think that's overall not the issue. Well, it is an issue on-field, yeah. but, you know, off-field, obviously, the issue's um, quite significant, and uh, like you touched on, it shouldn't be happening, um, and it's still happening at a very high rate, considering, um, you know, I feel like we're pretty well-educated currently um, in this space, but we've still got to continue to educate younger people, and um, even older people um, in, in, in this time. So uh, it's fantastic. I think it's a it's a good kind of cause in terms of, you know, we can show our um, orange colours on, on Friday night and it's just, um, you know, people can buy stuff. And I think if you buy stuff from the club, all the, most of the money goes to Carlton Respects. So uh, make sure you do go and buy a beanie or a scarf or um, even a jumper for your little, for your little kid or something. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good cause and I'm um, looking forward to it continuing. Yeah. And I think it's good that like, I think a lot of clubs do this now with, like within the club where they kind of have a campaign for these sorts of um, causes, like whether it's um, Collingwood and Melbourne doing it for, of course, the big freeze with Neil Danaher. Like if, if they buy any merchandise within that week or, or the weeks coming up to that event, um, all that money goes to that, of course, like the organisation, which I think is fantastic. Um so I'm really glad that we've gotten onto this, um, and and I'm sure it will be a thing for the for many years to come, and hopefully it actually like it does come to a stop because that means that we don't have to really educate any more people because everyone just understands it. So that's where yeah. I think the end goal is for this campaign. So hopefully we can try and get to that. But of course we'll now move on to a little bit more of the game ahead. Um, we'll touch on some injury updates that of course have come out from the West Coast game. So there's been no injuries from the West Coast game, but also from the VFL last week, there were a few. So 
Matt always is back this week to training. Um, I don't know if, whether that means that he's um, in maybe for a, for a selection or if he just needs to go back via the uh, the VFL. Um, Matt Cottrell started. I mean, he, he didn't start, but he got 18 disposals, one goal in the VFL last week, which is solid. It's a solid enough performance. And, of course, TDK is unavailable for selection this week uh, because of concussion. But, definitely, is there any of those names that you can consider coming back into this side? Yeah, obviously, um, it's good we didn't have any injuries post that West Coast game. I think every game this year we've had something, you know, niggling or something annoying, which has been annoying, very, very annoying. Yeah. Um, but um, with Owies, it's good to see him back in training. I think, obviously, he had that slight hammy in the uh, Giants game, which feels like a long time ago now. But um, it's good he's back in training. And he's he's, he's a vital piece why he was playing. Um, I think we just lack that kind of half-forward um, currently, uh, Matty Cottrell, he's, he's a he's a good face to see in the VFL. I thought he was good last year. Um, obviously, had a had a bad injury during the preseason, so you probably give him a couple of weeks, or maybe maybe chuck him as a sub this week. That's that's my kind of thinking. Um, and then obviously TDK, unlucky with the uh, concussion. So hopefully, we see him the next you know three or four weeks. Yeah, spot on. And so I know that we will transition into the potential inclusions that we think will come in and out, but. So for Matt Cottrell, there's a guy in our senior side, of course, Ollie Hollands, who has played a lot of senior football. Um, we saw last week how Lockie Cowan was, um, I guess, managed to the VFL to get his body kind of used to both sides of the spectrum, whether it's senior football and reserves football. Do you see that happening this week with Ollie Hollands maybe being managed and playing a few weeks in the VFL and Matt Cottrell coming in, knowing that also Lockie O'Brien is also in the VFL and performed quite well. Is that something that you might see happening? Or is Ollie Hollands such a vital component to this side right now that he has to stay in? Yeah, I think it's a good point to raise. Um, you know, I think, you know, like with Cowan, obviously you've played a lot of senior footy, but I just feel with uh Hollands, he's kind of a different, different kind of beast, isn't he? Uh, he's he's winning the running numbers every week. Um, he knows his role, he's Obviously, kicked a goal on the weekend, which many of our players actually did. But um, no, no, he's really good. And I, I personally think the best way to put a Cottrell in is through the sub because he can play a few roles. Yeah. Um, you know, a half forward goes down, he can play half forward. Uh, a winger goes down, obviously, wing is his kind of preferred position. Half back, like he can play a lot of positions. He's not he's not necessarily small, but he's... Um, He'd kick goals going forward, as we saw last year, and also um, he can also have a, a roll down back on, on someone. So, And that's going to be important this weekend because I feel like there's a few of their forwards that are a dangerous kind of high, high half forwards. Yeah. Obviously, you've got McCluggages on wings, and um, it's going to be good to see if we can bring in Cottrell maybe, you know, third or fourth quarter, bring that energy which he always brings. So that'll be a, a, a massive talking point, I think, in selection for these coaches this week because I feel like... You know, I feel like most of the year we've kind of really realistically fucked it up in the sub point of view. Like you've got Lockie O'Brien, he hasn't had enough of impact. He only plays one position. Yeah. You need for for the sub, you need a bit of versatility in terms of like a utility role. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, I completely agree with Matt Cottrell because on the, like in the, in the VFL, he was playing a little bit more half back, so he was getting a little bit more of the ball from the halfback flank where he kind of transitioned through the midfield as well on the wing. But he his position was a little bit more halfback. And I don't mind that because you've, of course, got Blake Akers, who is not going to come out of this side 
Um, of course, if his form stays the way it is, but also Ollie Hollins, who probably will not come out of the side either because he's so important. So if you've got a Matt Cottrell, as you just mentioned, then as a sub, you can chuck him anywhere. Um, yeah. and, and that's why I, I reckon we'll transition into the potential inclusions because there's also a name that we haven't even mentioned yet um, that starred also in the VFL. So, of course, this week, Jesse Motlop is available. Um, so whether he comes straight back in or whether he has to earn his right back into the side through the VFL. Um, Lockie O'Brien, of course, that we just touched on, 22 disposals with two goals. Um, I reckon that is a performance where he puts him at least back in contention to um, to come back into this side. And, of course, Jackson Bins. So this is a name that has been talked about a lot through the VFL. Um, and he once, again, like he, once again, did very well on the weekend because he got 28 disposals with, with one goal. So... Whether that is a guy that comes in, maybe a Josh Honey gets dropped. So what do you see happening here, Daffy Boy? Do you see some names coming in, some names coming out? What do you see? Oh, yeah, it's always a, a, a weird type of conversation as a Carlton supporter. I think our selections sometimes are a bit iffy, but um, I, I think there's a simple swap. I don't think we need to swap many players in and out. I think, obviously, I think Josh Honey's probably due for a rest. I thought he was better on the weekend, but... Realistically, you know, Brisbane are a better opponent, so um, you kind of got to base it off the performances he's had against better perform, uh, better teams, and they haven't been necessarily great. So, I, I think you know, I know we said Mollum was probably due for rest, and he probably got his rest through suspension. So, I think he comes in for Josh Hunting for mine, and um, I'm not not discounting O'Brien and Bins. I think they'll still chip away, at, you know, knock down, knock knock on the door of a selection, but um, I, I think they'll, um, I think Binsy specifically will get his go. I think he'll be in when Holland's eventually is out, maybe through injury or um, resting and managing. Yeah, so maybe that is one of those guys that Bins can kind of only come in if there is an injury, which which yeah. is what we've been crying out for the past few years is just depth. If we yep. if there's an injury, there's someone who can come in that we can kind of rely on that he is going to do his role. So of course, before we move on to some matchups. Um, <clears throat> The sub situation, last week we saw Matt Kennedy as our sub and Ed Kerner was in. Do you see that being a straight swap where Kennedy comes in um, and Ed Kerner is our sub or do you see it the exact same way? Because I know that Matt Kennedy, when he came on for that fourth quarter, he he was he was wanting a best 22 spot. He didn't want to be the sub for the week after. So what do you see happening there? Does Matt Kennedy maybe come in and maybe Ed Kerner comes out? What do you think? Yeah, I uh, I think Kennedy's the best 22 player, in my opinion. But it's just a matter of where are you going to fit him into the midfield mix? I think that, that's the um, issue we had at the start of the year. We had too many of them. I think once Walsh came in, it was a bit of a, you know, it was like we had so many in there. Like it was just, it got a little bit, you know, it was just over depth almost in the midfield in a sense. So I think obviously they shift him back because of Saad and Doherty and then he didn't have his place at half back. So um, depending on what they want to use him for, obviously, like you said, he came in and played fantastic. I think he's twenty-two, best twenty-two. So, um, it depends what how they see Ed Kerno's role and Kennedy's role, because you know, in in the four balls when they're talking about, you know, both players, are they, you know, is Kennedy more of a guy who drives forward, or is Kerno more of that discipline player that he's going to pick up his man defensively? You know, you don't really know how you know are they like for like. With Vossi or they not? You know, I think we see it as yes. That you know, you know, I think they're a swap. 
but uh, it's going to be very interesting. But he's capable as a sub as well, Kennedy. Like against the line, you bring him in what during the third quarter or something, and they go, "Shit, Matt Kennedy's out there." Um, yep. You can chuck him at half forward. I personally think he's a straight swap for Kerno. Um, I think Ed's just struggling a little bit, uh, really having an impact on the game. So it's it's interesting because he was half back, and then everyone's like, he's good ahead of the ball. So why are you switching him and Kerno? Why isn't he starting at half forward? Bam, bam. So um, yeah, it's it's it it gets the it gets the brain going, Pat. because you keep thinking about it all week, and it's just it gets annoying. But yeah, uh, it's it's a good problem to have because we've had. Guys like Jed Lamb playing at half forward. Yeah, exactly right. Jed Lamb, shout out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so to touch on there also about Ed Kerno. So I completely agree where um, where maybe Vossi doesn't see them as the life of life because in that midfield mix, we've got a lot of attacking midfielders, but we don't necessarily have any negative midfielders in a sense of taggers. Yeah. So maybe George Hewitt is that one and maybe Ed Kerno as well. But if you put Kennedy in and you take Ed Kerno out, you don't have any guys that can... Re- so if anyone's really dominating the game for, for the opposition, you don't have anyone that can really negatively stop that player. So maybe yeah. that's why Ed Kerno is holding his spot in the side. I I don't really know um, his exact reason as to why he's in the team because I reckon he would be the perfect sub for that reason. So if it's halftime and someone's dominating, that's when you bring Ed Kerno Ed Kerno in to tag someone. So yeah. that's that's my um, reasoning behind it. So um, we'll move on now to some matchups. Uh, so the back line, of course, to start off with. So looking at these names across the whole line. So obviously Brisbane are a very solid side. They have stars on every line. So to touch on now, Lewis Young and Jack Waring up against Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood, which of course transitioning through that key forward as well is of course Jack Gunson who is a guy that they've added into their um team this season so out of those three and of course out of our defenders um who who do you see going to who and who are you most uh worried about out of those three and maybe some others as well yeah yeah well obviously they've got a pretty potent forward line I think I honestly think um you know Danaher and Hipwood on their day can be really good but they can be really terrible as well so hopefully um, we've got we've got the right day for him, but um, no, I think I think Gunson's the one. I think he always gets a handle on us. You know, I think last year he kicked that a couple of river goals in that last quarter, in that comeback for Hawthorne, which they didn't end up coming back from. But um, he's just kind of that dead eye dick. You know, at times, you know, it's like ten minutes ago and he's marked it. You know, he's kicking the goal. So I think if you keep him out early, then he de- and he's you know he's head he's you know kind of out of the game in a sense, but. Him being the third forward, but he's probably almost their leading goal kicker, which is which is I think that's their key problem at the, at the Lions with their key forwards. But um, you'd probably go, oh, they're pretty agile, so you'd almost go Weeders to Danaher, and I reckon Hipwood Young. I think Hipwood probably pushes up the ground a little bit more, but then Danaher does it as well. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of hand handing over, um, switching players probably throughout the game, and um, Gunson he probably. He probably gets a Brody Kemp, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think Kemp, Kemp can play the role and kind of play off him a little bit. Yeah. Um, force him to defend a little bit. And then obviously they have their small forwards, which is um, a lot of them. So with Charlie Cameron, I think that's uh, – I think Nick Newman's got the uh, got the job there. Yeah. And we were just about to touch on Cameron. So whether that is maybe sad going with Cameron because he can be that he, – he can match him for speed – but also Nick Newman, where he can really be that lockdown defender, where he can't 
let Charlie Cameron uh, run away because he's always just around him. So I completely agree about Kemp going to Gunston. I think size-wise, I think Young would probably have to go to Hipwood. Wienering would probably have to go to a Donahue. But what you've seen from the Brisbane Sens from their back line is Harris Andrews has been playing as that more loose keep yeah. the rebounding defender. So maybe that this might be the time for where either it's McGovern or Kemp, one of those two need to be that intercepting defender and one of them has to be that lockdown defender. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, I mean, we didn't even mention about like Zach Bailey as well going through there, Lincoln McCarthy as well. They've got a lot of stars in their lineup. So um, it's a big test, massive test. But I think um, after last week, I think uh, us as supporters, we can um, at least expect a chance for us to win. We might not necessarily win, but at least try and just get the um try and just get close to winning um that game. So now we'll move on now to uh the midfield clash. So we'll, of course as every week we name three midfielders from us, three midf- um midfielders from them. So of course Cripps, Walsh and Chera up against Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley, and of course Ashcroft. So um it's a big like those midfielders there Lockie Neal is an absolutely fantastic player. Josh Dunkley as well, of course, another recruit this year. Um, and, of course, as we touched on it, um, earlier, human luggage as well, transitioning through there. And, of course, Zach Bailey. Zach Bailey's been one of those guys that has transitioned through that midfield as well. So out of those three, and, of course, the names that I just mentioned as well, who's the most worry, worrying for you, Duffy Boy? And um, how, do, how, do, how do you think we need to try and stop it? <clears throat> well, yeah, well, I think, you know, I think we... Um... You got to look at all of them. They've all got different strengths. I think you know Dunkley ahead of the ball when he goes half forward, uh, gets a lot of um, gets a lot of goals most weeks. Gets a fair, you know, not a lot, but in terms yeah. of he had a lot of impact going forward. Ashcroft obviously kicked that ripper goal last weekend, um, which was which was crazy. He's, he's going to be a superstar. He's getting better by the game, and obviously Lockie Neal is kind of that accumulator, and he gets a lot of the pill and very very good with it. Um, but yeah, like realistically, I, I don't want to talk ourselves up here, but you just 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 for a second on this sheet, just look at look at our three names here and look at their three names. They're, our three names are better. Like I'm not trying to be biased here, but we've got the Brownlow medalists. Obviously, they've got one too. But um, you know, while she he was good on the fantastic on the weekend, and then obviously Chera, who is ranking very very highly in the yeah. AFL currently in the midfield. Uh, I think there was a there was an actual post about him on one of those big pages like AFL Central or something like that, and they're talking about, which is good to see. Um, but, yeah, it's just nullifying Neil getting the ball. You know, you're turning his 30, you know, 35 or 30 to maybe a 25. You know, he's going to get a lot of the ball. Realistically, yeah. he's going to get a lot of the ball. Um, just about his impact with ball in hand. I think Ed Kerner has actually been quite good at him whenever he's played him, especially that 2019 game when I touched on him. He was on him a fair bit, and there was a bit, bit of biffo. But... Um, with McCluggage and Bailey, like we said, in the forward line, they're kind of zipping around, aren't they? There's players that zip around, they come in, they pop out, they kick goals, they get touches. Uh, Bailey's probably my favourite player for the Lions yeah. in terms of his impact when he's in there. So it's going to be tough, but, you know, we've got Cripper, Walshie and uh, Ches, mate. So we'll like, get the job. And then Georgie uh, Hewitt's also lifted a bit in the last couple of weeks. So um, it's good to see. Yeah. And I needed to touch on Adam Chera very quickly because – um, his improvement in the past few weeks has been um absolutely fantastic because a lot of Carlton sports have been crying out for where is this guy that we trade up so much for to bring him into the side. I reckon last year was he was still quite solid last year, but he wasn't really living up to the um I guess hype that we kind of gave him 
Um, and the past few weeks, he's been fantastic. And even this season, like, he hasn't had a lot of the ball towards the, I mean, at, at, at the start of the season, I guess. But the past few weeks, he's really, he's, he's had a lot more of the ball, but effective disposals as well. Yeah. And um, and you touch on there about Lockie Neal. And I don't mind if Lockie Neal gets 30, 35. It's just down to whether they're effective enough. So whether yeah. that means that there is a guy like George Hewitt who um, not necessarily is tagging Neil, but he's keeping around Neil. And he can yeah, still, because yeah. if he's keeping around Neil, he's still going to, like Hewitt's still going to get 25, 30. Because yeah. he want to try and get the ball into Neil's hands. So my worrying, so my worry is with if Neil is kind of, um, I guess, stopped in a way from our sense, whether that opens up someone else from their midfield, whether it's a Zach Bailey, human cluggage, there's so many names that they can really um, put into that midfield. That's what I'm worrying about. I'm not necessarily yeah. worrying about a few names. It's down to whether if we stop one, that might open up a chance for someone else. So that's my yeah. main worry. But now transition into now into the rucks, where I reckon this is probably the biggest ruck um, ruck battle of our season. Um, yeah, I think Oscar McInerney is. Still one of the most underrated ruckmen in the comp, in my opinion. I, I, I reckon he's very much like Riley O'Brien. They aren't necessarily yeah. skill-wise the greatest, but just solid, Um, I guess, old-fashioned old ruckmen. They are both yeah. fantastic. And I still reckon Oscar McInerney is a vital part of Brisbane. And if he goes down, that's when they can really... Um, They're pretty much nothing without Oscar McInerney. So... Pitnet is up against probably his, his toughest test six uh, this week against Oscar McInerney. But how do you see this playing out? Of course, no genuine second ruck for both sides. So, of course, us, we have probably a Lewis Young or um, even a Jack Silvani going through there. But also for them, they would have a, I don't even know, a Joe Danaher maybe being in the ruck. But other than that, there's not too many other second rucks. So who? So what What do you see happening here um, for this matchup um, as a whole? Who do you see coming out um, on top? Yeah, well, you know, Pito, you know, we touched on it, I think, maybe in the review or one of the recent episodes about his hit-outs to advantage. Um, you know, they're, they're really vital for our, for our midfield, and we've got a lot of the ball um, first time in the last couple of weeks, especially at St Kilda game where every midfielder in our club had about 40 touches. So, um, no, seriously, though, like like you said with McInerney, he is, he is crucial. He's a big boy, flies around, hits bodies, gets a little bit annoying. He's one of those, got a bit of you know, see more about him. He's got a bit of, I'm not going to say the word, but he's got a bit of, you know, see you <laughs> about him. Um, you know, like he, he's kind of, he gets you, he ruffles the feathers in a sense, you know what I mean? Like every way he's getting into that ruck when it might be a Gorn or it might be, you know, whoever it is. Like, um, so we're going to have to expect that from him. Um, he's got a good, you know, competitive edge about him and he's, he kicked goals as well when he yeah. goes forwards. Um, but for me, Big Pito, he's uh, flying under the radar and I'm liking it. I'm liking that he is flying under the radar a little bit in the AFL uh, world, but they are talking about his hitouts advantage recently. So I think there was a post about it just like a few hours ago. So yeah, um, yeah, it will be a big battle, but I think Pito he, he can get the job done, the big fella. Yeah, and I think it's now that with with Mark Pitt now because he's been uh, because I mean we we all know as Carlton supporters that we have really like well, we know how good Pitnet is, but it's now good that. The AFL world, in a sense, is now getting around Pitnet and seeing how valuable he is to this Carlton lineup. Because for, for him at the start of the season, for not even being considered as the number one ruck, is to me, I, I, I always was 
confused about that because I thought he was by far our best ruck. No disrespect, disrespect to TDK. It's more just down to Pitnet, what his ruck craft can really open up our midfielders in a sense. So I reckon that's why Pitnet is so important to our lineup. And that's why this uh this ruck matchup will be so fascinating to see what happens. But um the four the four line now of course from our um our line. So Harry McKay and Charlie Kerno up against Harris Andrews and Payne. Um I know that Payne's actually been quite good the past few weeks. Um he's he's probably gotten a little bit more of a um I guess he's gotten a little bit more of a opportunity this season because Fagan is looking to really try and play two lockdown defenders hopefully with hopefully with an Adams coming back or, or even a Gardner in a few weeks' time. But Harris Andrews now is playing as that intercepting defender, it seems. So, of course, with Rich not playing as well, which is a massive out for them, um, how do how, how do you see this playing out, Ducky Boy? Um, who who do you think is the matchup for Kerner and who do you think is the matchup for Mackay? Well, you know, with Andrews, I don't think you're going to be uh, the extra this week, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got two big fellas. I know Harry's, uh, you know, not in the best of form, but you know, you don't, you can't let him off a leash. You can't let him off a leash and give him a sniff. So I, I think Harry, I think Andrews probably goes to Harry, in my opinion. Payne's kind of that more. I think he's, well, I guess they're both versatile, Andrews and Payne, but I think Payne probably usually takes the best forward. And that obviously in that case, it's Kerno. So you look at that and you go, Jack Payne, that's probably his toughest matchup of the year. Realistically, and it's it's really fun to say that uh, as our own forwards, uh, uh, our own forwards that dangerous with thirty goals. So, uh, but like you touched on with Rich, like gee, there's a guy he kicks a token goal every year against us. Yeah, yeah. every year, <laughs> every bloody year that bastard. Um, <laughs> no, just always off half back. He's always launching one against us. So it's I'm just hooray. He's not in that team. So I don't have to see that again. Witness that live again. Yeah, but um. No, nah, he's a big out for them. He's a little bit like Sard and Doherty in terms of driving the ball from D50. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to be big. And um, obviously they've got Dane Zorko out as well. So they're both out for two to three weeks, which is big outs in a sense. But I think it allows Brisbane to kind of think outside the box. Yeah. And whether that is so, if Rich was to play and whoever comes in for um, Rich, I mean, whether it's Starsevich playing more as that, Rich role or whether it is someone else who comes into that side. I think he has to bless you, Daffy boy. But um, but whether it is someone who comes in for that side, I mean, whether it is someone who pushes back, I'm not too sure what they're going to do. But it's it's whether it's down to whether uh whoever takes our smalls because it's whether it's uh Corey Durden, Jesse Motlop, hopefully if he is back, but also Zach Fisher as well. So there's a few guys that they also have to look at as well because, yes, we have the two twin towers in a sense of Harry McKay and Charlie Kerno, but then we have to try them because they don't have a lot of small defenders that can take those. So it might not necessarily be a big um, night for Charlie Kerno or Harry McKay because it seems like they can they they have their hands filled with, filled with Harris Andrews and Payne. But now it's down to whether these small forwards can really star because these two... Harry McLean and Charlie Kerner have been so good this year. Maybe it is a chance for a, maybe a Corey Dern to really kick some goals. What do you think about that? Is it a chance this week for the small forwards to really start? Every week, every week it's a massive chance. When you've got that, like two pillars up forward that can bring the ball down, um, it's it's crucial. And I think um, my favourite small forward we have is currently Corey Dern in terms yeah. of that breakneck speed. You know, there's something about him in it. There's something about him. Um, and yeah, I, I just think if I think Jesse Mollop has to come in, I think at Marvel, 
And like you said, they don't, they just uh, they don't they don't struggle with smalls. Obviously, Starsevich and that are pretty handy. But um, with Rich out, like you look at that and you go, geez, like that can really open up for even a Jack Silvani yep. as a as a third tall forward. Um, I think they've got uh, a few guys in there. Uh, Ryan Lester, who actually um, I actually know um, personally, but um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, cool. So um, now we'll transition now into, of course, the match predictions where um, we we kind of have, have a chance to see it. Like, well, we kind of put our Vossi hats on and kind of see what it's, what's going to happen. Uh, so, of course, uh, Duffy Boy, I need your best on ground, your point of difference, and, of course, your winner pass margin, which will be quite interesting. <laughs> yes, um, best on ground. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to think I should do these off the top of my head rather than thinking too early. I think yeah. um, based off our chat, sometimes like that leads to someone being a best on ground. And uh, for me, for me, this, this best on ground, it's going to be, it's going to be different. He's going to be coming back into the side. He'll be coming back into the side. I think he's going to kick his career best. It might be a four, four or five. It's going to be Jesse Motlop. I think there's something about it. There's something about it this week. I feel like, I think in that North game, he had, I think 18 touches or 19 touches and three or four goals. So, if you can put up that performance as a small forward, I don't see why that can't be a best on ground pattern. I'm, I'm thinking outside the box pattern here. Yeah, mate. I can't be on boring Cripper and Walshy. You know, they're too good, mate. <laughs> they're too fucking good. So I'm, go, I'm going with Jesse Motlop. Point of difference. Um, point of difference. Um, I'll say it again. You know, I, I did say it a few weeks ago, but I feel like this guy is not talked about enough in the Carlton sphere and the AFL sphere, but it's Alex Chincotta, man. Yes, yeah. This guy is a reincarnation of Adam Saad, bro. Like, yeah. he's he's not. He didn't go through the draft system like Saad. He's got that pace. He didn't look out of touch last week, yeah. especially in the Saints game. You know, I feel like you can tell when they come to the AFL from the VFL, they can't adjust to the pace of it. Yeah, but he doesn't like phased. I've got him in the super coach, so hopefully he has another big week. Yeah. Um, so, um, Alex Cotter's the point of difference, mate, and and winner and margin. I think it's time, mate. We we tame the Lions this weekend. 22-point victory at Marvel Stadium. I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. But this is where it kind of transitioned into my match positions. I mean, we're going <laughs> to catch up the winning pass margins. But um, you know me, Duffy Boy. I, I always like to keep inside the box, mate. So we'll touch on the best <laughs> on ground. So, uh, I mean, of course I have Sam Walsh. He, he's, um, he's, he, he's had a few weeks where he's kind of transitioned into this um, senior side, and now I reckon this is time for Sam Walsh to really have no doubt whatsoever. He is going to be the best on ground. Um, point of difference once again, I'm keeping it top the, the box, Daffy Boy. Sam Doherty, I reckon right now this is like with these guys in the side, this is this is going to be the game changer. So Sam Doherty re- rebounding off that halfback, it's going to be so important to us, especially at Marvel Stadium, especially at Marvel Stadium with Sard as well. So let's hope the start and Doherty really start. And winner pass margin, I've got the baggers by six points. <laughs> I've got the baggers by six points. I was going to tip uh, the Lions, but I think, as you said, I think it's right now this is a statement game. We have to yeah. respond this week. We can't be shit scared of the Friday night lights. We can't be shit scared of the opposition. We are the Carlton Football Club. We, yeah. we, don't, get, we don't get intimidated. We don't get, we don't get scared of anything. So this is why this is massive. I do hope that it is a close game in a way. Like, I mean, I, I would like it to be a little bit, but I just want a really good game of football between really good sides. Because if yeah. we if we produce a really good game of football, especially on Friday night footy, 
a lot of people will be talking about how good these sides could be. So this yeah. is why I really, I mean, of course I would want, would love us to win by 40 plus, but if we could just win a really close game and showcase our pressure, um, our mindset under pressure and win, that, that would take us forward tremendously. So other than that, Duffer Boy, is there anything else you want to touch on for the episode? Just uh, get the win, boys. And also with Chera, uh, they tell him, oh, he's pick eight, pick eight, pick eight. Like, I know he's a handy player for Freo, but they got Jaya Miss for Christ's sake. Yeah. We're talking Adam Chera and Jaya Miss, mate. We can't yeah. be comparing the two. Like, yeah. <laughs> Chera's 23. They've got rid of – we talk about Freo a little bit. This is not Freo chat, by the way. But Freo, you know, they're all going, oh, you know, Akers is shit. So they've given up Chera, Akers, and Langdon for, for nothing, really. And look at those players. They're all in top sides. So yeah. um, it's gonna it's interesting talk with Frio. The Frio chat podcast gonna be going off currently. They can't win a they can't win a game to save themselves. So hopefully the bag is gonna win Pato and uh, launch this next month, which will be tough. Which will yeah, be tough. Completely spot on, completely spot on. Frio chat, of course, but now we're gonna step back to the bag oh. chat. So um of course make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do it all. And as always, Daffy Boy, up the baggers. Uh-huh.